Oh, we'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We here each and every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Got a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things going on. We're headed into the found two weeks, found week, really. After last night and today, we've been in the final week of Texas high school football. One of the great things that we have here in the state of Texas, Texas high school football. But while we headed there, well, let me straighten something, straighten something out. Let me straighten some of these lies out that the media has been telling. The media is lying. When they say Dallas Independent School District has not won a state championship since 1950. That's a lie. David W. Carter won the state championship in football. And when, this is when everything in, in whatever division was, it was not split high or low. It was, it was all together. They won a real state title in 1988. Well, they took that. No, they didn't. Here's what happened. I know. They wanted to take it away from Carter because they said Carter allowed an ineligible player to ride the bus to Grand Prairie. Mm. He didn't play. (laughs) But here's what happened. They offered it to the opposing team in the state championship game. And when they uh, offered that uh, to uh, the coach, of the state championship game when they went down to San Antonio and offered it to them, uh, they said no. They did not want the state title. Mm. They said leave it with Carter because they were by far the best team in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Now this is what, see the media is not telling you everything. And let me tell you something else about what they're not telling you. In 1958, in 1958, we got something going on. Where are we at now? Yeah. In 1958, Booker T. Washington High School won a state championship in football. It was in the Prairie View League and not the UIL because of segregation, because of racism. We were not playing all together. But Booker T won the state championship in football in 1958. There are other things that's gone on. Now, well, let's congratulate South Oak Cliff. They're in the state championship game. Next week, they will be playing for the state. And uh, this is a great thing because SOC has a great history. South Oak Cliff has a great history. They would have been state champions in 1970. But those of you who went to Lubbock to see them play Odessa Premier realize, and everybody knows, they know it. They cheated Sock out of that game. They called by five of Sock's touchdowns back. And every time Sock would score or make a long run, they was throwing flags and everything. They did not want that black school to beat Odessa Premium the way they were whipping them. Yes. Uh, that See, racism is in 
everything you can think of, we'll find it. We'll find it. And see, in 68, Roosevelt should have won the state championship, but what they did was went and redid the the Dallas, uh, went and redraw, redrew the boundary lines and sent a lot of the boys that was in uh, Roosevelt's district, they sent those boys to South Oak Cliff. At that time, South Oak Cliff was an integrated school, but they sent those boys to Oak Cliff when they should have stayed there at Roosevelt and won the state because Coach Holly would have had all the, the boys, all the talent he needed. He knew he was going to win the state that year. When he had all, I can name you several superstars was on that team in the NFL. But, the, you see, the, I'm just sick of the media. Every time they make a report on the state playoffs. They really got to always make this thing aware. They haven't won a championship since 1960, DISD schools. And you know who they're referring to. You know who they're referring to. They cheated Skyline out of game, out there at SMU. Ran a fox on the field and throw them off and sneaked a touchdown across the lines. Well, Skyline should have won the state. And there we have uh, 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 Gown and Waco. The same coach, Coach Samples. He's at Duncanville now. They play at South Lake Carroll today. He got cheated out of the game down in Waco against Longview. People, they, they critique these things, but they don't tell you the whole story about how really they have cheated Dallas schools out of championships because they didn't want the black schools to win. They didn't. But they couldn't take it away back in 1985 when Jack Gates out of Houston came to Dallas and in Texas State and beat Odessa Premium 38 to nothing. But and caught a beat, Converse Justin, out there, 31-14 in Texas Stadium. But they said they don't count that one. Yeah, okay. But Converse Justin's coach said they don't want it. Carter definitely was the best team in the state of Texas. Those are two of the greatest high school teams of all times in the state of Texas was uh, David W. Carter and Jack Yates. Most two most talented teams ever played high school football. Gotta just straighten those. I gotta get that off my chest because I'm so angry. People are, are still they they practice racism in anything and everything they do. I'm talking about the Dallas media. They even got black folk on there reading that reading that uh, mess to you. And seeing that, but uh, I don't have time for the foolishness like that. I'm going to always straighten things out on what's going on. We'll always do that. And uh, we got certain things now that are even happening with your health care. We have things like uh, uh, they're trying to slip the city of Dallas 
are they tra- are they trying to slip this hospital I'm under Dr. Drelvis Edwards. They're trying to slip them slip the eye from under them. Well they don't want these this black doctors, this black doctor to have this particular uh hospital. They want it. They want it. We're we're gonna talk when we learn more about that and I see what's basically happening. But we're gonna make sure that you know what's going on. All righty. We got a young lady in the studio with us this morning. Yeah. Hey, man, you heard, uh, it was that two, three years ago on this program, she do a lot for homeless people and give them away clothes and everything. All right, yes, her name is Susie Jennings. All right, all right. And uh, she uh, have this Operation Care. All right, Miss Susie Jennings, Operation Care. Um, and uh, she gives away clothes and, and different things, and she has a big affair that she do every year. And this is her uh, 18th anniversary coming up where she have her giveaway. Uh, good morning, Miss Jennings. Good morning. All righty. All right, you're having... Your uh, annual uh, clothes and food or whatever, your giveaway at the Dallas Convention Center. Yes, this is our 18th year this year. 18th year. All right, you've done this for 18 years. Yes. All right, that's wonderful. Could you tell us what it is all about? How did this get started and you know, how's it going now? Well, uh, it started in my mother's kitchen. When I was a little girl in the Philippines, my mother used to feed the homeless in our kitchen and I did not like it. I grew up not liking it because the homeless ate my food, occupied my space. So I grew up not liking any of the homeless people. And also homeless woman slapped me while I was in the marketplace and she was one of the homeless that my mother was feeding so Mm -hmm. but she was mentally ill so I grew up not liking any homeless people until one day I came to America and Baylor Hospital hired me as a nurse and then I came here met my husband my late husband and then we got married and uh, after nine years of marriage one day my husband disappeared from our home he got mentally ill because of a chemical imbalance in his brain called serotonin deficiency and he was in the military and he disappeared for one month and David was found later in April 1993 in the hills of Atoka, Oklahoma uh, David committed suicide he shot his head oh. and David had been dead for one month when we found him Oh, so sad, so sad, so sad. But you did change uh, from not caring for the homeless to uh, really, to really care. So you're following in your mother's footsteps. Yes. and You're not having it in your kitchen, but you're having it at the convention center, right? Yes. You're still going there? Yes. So um, after my husband died, uh, after we buried him, my neighbor also committed suicide five months later, and that really 
uh, made me so angry with God because I questioned him why. But then God gave me a dream on that night. This happened on September 1993. In my dream, I was knocking at my neighbor's doors and I was telling them about Jesus. Next day I woke up, I decided I'm gonna choose joy because when David was missing for one month, God gave me a verse in the Bible, Psalms 30 verse five that said, weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'm gonna choose joy. Mm-hmm. So I asked God, Lord, what can I do? for you. Instead mm-hmm. of becoming mad wonderful. at him, I ask him, what can I do for you? Oh, that's wonderful. And he showed you this program. Yes, after that, he took me, three weeks after I prayed, God took me under the bridge in Canton Bridge and spoke to my heart. He said, go under the bridge. Those people living under the bridge, living in cardboard boxes, he said, go there and help the homeless. And I said, no, not me. I said, those are crazy people. I'm not going there because I don't like them. And then the Lord said, you ask me, what can you do for me? He gave you something you didn't want. (laughs) Yes. So I'm telling you, do not ask God, what can you do for him if you are not prepared? Because he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yes, that's that's. Uh, when how is uh, your particular program funded? Well, I just ask. Um, I just ask friends, and also sometimes grants, of course, grants, and uh, some companies would help. But mostly, it's really just individual people that I met. So, uh, so this uh, ministry was really born out of my brokenness. When mm-hmm. yeah, you know, when the Lord said you go under the bridge, I said no, not me. And then I asked, and He said you you ask me what can you do for me? And then I said, oh God, forgive me. I do remember I asked you. I said what can I take to these needy people? And the voice of the Lord in my spirit said blankets. So mm-hmm. that's really how the the ministry started as a blanket ministry. So so the homeless called me the blanket lady. So that's really my name. All <laughs> right. Uh, approximately how many people you service doing this? Well, the uh, from almost uh, from six thousand to fifteen thousand people every year are being served at the Dallas Convention Center. Wow. How many people are, on, uh, are homeless in Dallas? Well, uh, in three years' time, there's a two hundred sixty percent increase in homelessness. So in the past, we have like about like three thousand. Uh, you know, so now probably like about five, six thousand. Some other people would say about ten thousand. So there's different uh, data out there. Yeah, and but I, we serve. And I agree with that larger number because I've dealt with them for years ago back, and uh, they always would give you a much lower number because back mm-hmm. uh, when I was dealing with them, it was about seven thousand. Yes, but they were telling people all about. 1,500 or, you know, 1,000. They were lying. They were lying. Yeah. Um, there was about 7,000, and that's been some years ago. Yes. So I'm sure the population has has grown since then because the city has grown since then. And uh, we uh, see how with the pandemic and things that are happening, uh, it couldn't help but grow because a lot of people are not working. A lot of people are, are just off and everything. So uh, this is, a, is is the city of Dallas friendly toward the homeless now? Well, uh, they have helped us. So 
the city of Dallas actually gave us a discount uh, on this coming party, but we're mm-hmm. still asking the mayor. Actually, Leon uh, told me uh, a month ago, he said, oh, you need to go and see and speak at the city council, which I did uh, mm-hmm. the first week. I think that was December 1st. Mm-hmm. I spoke in the front of the city council and mm-hmm. I asked them for help. If they could help us with... Um, tables and chairs because that's really a big expense for us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did, uh, how did the, the mayor and the city council respond to you? Oh, they were, they were very, they were happy. They were smiling because I thanked them for their help in the past. And, um, I just mentioned that, uh, with the, you know, that I pray for them and that with, with their help, uh, we could continue to serve the homeless and the poor in, in Dallas. So I'm still waiting for their response about my request of having a free tables and chairs because in the past they did give it to us for free because you know we're serving thousands and thousands of people and I am a widow. My husband died. I, I, am, I, I left my high paying job as a nurse supervisor at Baylor mm-hmm. so I could be a missionary for the homeless. So I don't really have a, you know, I mean like I don't have any income, uh, stable income if you could say it. I just have the faith to trust God that he would provide and he does. He, I never I never had a day without food. I, I have food. God has provided for me and actually God took this ministry, Operation Care International, took this ministry to 46 countries last December wow. during the middle of the pandemic. 46 countries? Four, six. Wow. I tell you what, we're up against a short break, and y'all can reach us at 972-647-1893. If you want to join this conversation, 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we are back and we are ready. I tell you what, we got. Let's go to our phone line. Just take some calls. All righty, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. All right, who do we have here? Good morning. Uh, we have a uh, Phil on uh, line four. Phil. Yeah. All righty. Good morning, Phil. My question is this. I'll turn the radio down. My question is this. We can, we can talk good talk, but it's always about God. I'm asking for volunteers to help her. I'm calling in to volunteer for my service. No. What do you, what do you say? What, what, what were you saying? You, you. I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering for the help feed the homeless because a lot of times people talk a good talk. And God's not looking for the talk. He's looking for the people to put their hands, feet to work. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just want to get you because you're asking for our people's help. Uh, if I was you, I wouldn't turn them off by making that That's statement. Correct. I wouldn't turn them off, no. Well, you ask people because there are good people out there who really, a lot of them, don't know how, and this is a golden opportunity for them to join her and and helping those. All right, but we we thank you. That clears the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Do you have problems finding people to help you? Well, because of the pandemic. Uh, we have very little volunteers right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We need lots of volunteers. In the past, we have about uh, 3,500 volunteers. So mm-hmm. this year, uh, we are having 
difficulty and challenges getting volunteers because mm-hmm. of the global pandemic. Some yeah. people are still afraid. Uh, but you know, last year we did not do it because they shut us down two weeks before the event. The city right. told us we cannot do it. Mm-hmm. But something amazing happened. Because we cannot do it, we gave away our gifts like toys, socks, shoes, coats, sleeping bags, blankets, food to 38 ministries and it amounted to impacting 22,000 people last December. So this year we're going to do it in person at the Dallas Convention Center, December 18. Mm -hmm. Starts at, uh, volunteers need to come at 7 in the morning. We end at 1 p.m. Yeah, but you are... Uh, the thing is that you found a lot of good people in Dallas. Absolutely. That, w- that will help you. Absolutely. That's why, yes. yes. Uh, that's what have, we want to talk about is right. the good people. Because you can always find stragglers. That's, that's not going to do anything. But you got a lot of good people that we get. Because I remember, how long ago was it since you've been on this program? Oh, that's probably about three years ago. I, I was here, mm-hmm. yes, and you thank were, you. you. We had people calling in that yes. day, volunteering. Yes. It, yes, it's a lot of good people out there. So we still need mm-hmm. lots of volunteers. Our website uh-huh. is opcare.org. They could sign up there and they could choose where they could serve. They could serve like, uh, as soon as the homeless and the poor children and family gets inside, we, we greet them and then we take them to prayer area where we could pray for them. We do not force anything we just pray for them ask them uh, how can we pray for you and then we take them to the area where we could wash their feet put on new socks and shoes and then they go to area where they could uh, find uh, sleeping bags blankets personal care items Mm -hmm. and then they go to a medical area they get uh, flu shots and then they go to eyeglasses they get eyeglasses they go to the area where also they could call home it's called operation call home if they get reunited with their families then we take them to the bus and pay two hundred dollars per ticket so they could go home yeah. and we follow up and make sure they have jobs and I, and that's what we do yeah i remember that <laughs> you you was not only giving them things to stay here but you gave them uh, tickets for transportation back to wherever they come yes. from. Yeah, that, and that that was amazing. That was nice. That, yeah, that, that ha- was really nice. I have a story of a, a woman who was under the bridge with three children, uh-huh. and she called me after our event because she could not find me. It was it's a massive event. You know, we have thousands of people there, over ten thousand. And then she said, "Could you please send me home?" I said, "What's your story?" She said, "Oh, I live under the bridge. My children. I have three children, two years old, seven and nine, I would tie them in my waistline every night under the bridge so nobody could snatch them out from her. And then I said, what do you do with food? She said, oh, I would go to a grocery store and would steal so I could feed my children. It touched my heart greatly. Mm -hmm. And then um, then she said, uh, and then I said, how about uh, about the money? She said, oh, I would sell myself. She became a prostitute in daytime. And then I said, I'm going to send you home. So three days later, my board members of Operation Care International took her to the bus, sent her and three children to New York. And then I followed up. And she's now, uh, you know, in New York with three children are in school. And uh, they're That's not in—they're not mm-hmm. homeless anymore. They are now with family. Great, 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 great. And uh, when does uh, 
Your program began. When did the uh, in 2001 we became a nonprofit? Remember, they called me a blanket lady. So in yeah. 2001 we became a nonprofit. But my husband died in 93. So mm-hmm. the ministry started really right immediately after my husband died. Remember when God told me go under the bridge and bring blankets. The right. next day I went to Baylor Hospital and asked five dollars from all doctors and nurses so I could buy blankets. So that's really how the ministry started in 93. But we became a nonprofit in 2001. One and then we started Operation Care Christmas Gift at the Dallas Convention Center in 2004. Mm-hmm. So we are now 18 years old. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. Now, um, with um, people, are, are they still donating as much as they once did? Or well, they, they do. As what you said, the city of Dallas is uh, is kind. I mean, to me, uh, the, I love the city. I love, I love this place. I, I've been here for 38 years now. Uh, from coming from the Philippines, uh, uh, being here is it, this is home for me, and uh, I love the people of Dallas. And the Lord gave me a vision, so I started the ministry doing a birthday party for Jesus at the Dallas Convention Center. It's really a birthday party for Jesus, where the guests are the homeless and the poor, mm-hmm. and that's really but remember in the bible it said go and call the uh the, the poor and the lame because the rich will not come to my party mm-hmm. well i said why don't we make that as jesus birthday we're gonna call the poor and the lame and uh the people in the streets and give them a party mm-hmm. and so that's how this ministry was born out of that concept from the bible that we need to help the poor because the bible said he who is kind to the poor lends to the lord so that's how it started in 2004 we started a big party at the Dallas Convention Center, and now it's in 46 countries in the middle of global pandemic. Last year, we were, I mean, we supported 46 countries by giving them funding. We gave away money worth $365,000 cash all over the world so the people, the churches that we partnered with mm-hmm. could buy shoes for the poor children so the children could have shoes to go to school and then and then the message of salvation was also preached all over the world on that one day and 15,000 got saved. Mm, that's wonderful. Uh, did uh, Do a person have to be homeless to be a part of your program? No, sir. Remember, we also feed, we clothe the poor children and their families. So we want them to come to our party next week. So uh, we give away uh, toys for children, coats, and also um, there's medical services as well. Okay. And the adult receives sleeping bags, blankets, personal care items, and also food and, and socks and shoes. These are all brand new stuff. Oh, really? Things they really need. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Keeping them Basic warm. Basic necessities. Oh, yes, because, you know, it's getting cold right now. It's kind of pretty cold. Could you imagine being homeless yeah. with no coats? So we're asking also for donation. If you could donate, go to our website at opcare.org. And you could uh, support a homeless person. For $50, the homeless person could receive uh, coats, sleeping bags, blankets, shoes, socks, food, and also uh hopefully a ticket to go home as well. That's $200. Mm-hmm. I even one time um, sent a homeless through an airplane. So I, I, I bought an airplane ticket for homeless to go home. Okay, wonderful. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. You'd like to join this conversation? All right, who do we have on the line? Imani is on the line one. Who? Imani. Imani? Yeah. All righty. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? Fine. Mm-hmm. 
and thank you, guest. Uh, uh, Pastor, you, you still have my phone number? No, I don't. Well, I'm going to give it to you. I'll call you then and give it to you again this morning. Mm-hmm. But I would like to get in touch with Greg and uh, Mr. Um, what's his name out of call? Ennis, I mean, Palestine, Mr. Uh, I forget his name. Mr. Smith? You know, I think, well, yeah, he's always calling your show. Uh-huh. Yes. He's, you know, yeah, Mr. Wynn. Yes. And Greg, Greg, give him that number, please. And, and ma'am, uh, I, I hope, I want to join, I help you out, because back in 1980s, they called me the blanket man. I was on Dr. Rembrandt's show, and I was with Trinity Temple Full Gospel Church in Hearts Ministry. I, I hope you have better luck than I had in my community, because nobody supported me. But I want to tell you, get, get, give me your something. Pastor got my number. I'll, I, I might leave it over there next week, Pastor, okay? All right. But uh, I want to let you know, we got a, a, a young men think tank started. And I want to thank Dr. Claude Anderson with Powernomics for helping us get that started this morning. But I want to let you people know, we do think, and I was a blanket man, but I'm willing to help her with her, her project because I couldn't get the churches or no one to support me and Steve Ladd on KKDA, but I'm willing to help her. Maybe I can come back out there and help you again, but I can't leave my personal number on there right now, but Pastor Barnett has my number, and we're willing to help you because we have a lot of people hungry, homeless, too many churches are closed, liquor stores open 24 hours a day, and I'm, I want to see if we can buy us a rent of a pastor or a politician because we need help in our community, and I'm willing to help you because our people are suffering at, at the percentage-wise more than anybody right now. They wouldn't help me, but I, I'm willing to help you because I don't want to be selfish, and I don't want to be envious, but I want to help because we need some help out here. We don't need to fight. So I'll try to get my number to the station. You can contact Imani. But I, I will get with you after we think today with Dr. Claude Anderson Powernomics. Okay, thank you, Pastor, for taking Thank you. And yeah, just keep on doing something good. I mean, just the Bible said he is kind to the poor, lends to the Lord. Just do good every day. Do act of kindness. One million acts of kindness. That's what we need to do. Start doing it now. All right. Thank you for your calling comment. Exclusive line 972 647 1893. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, Bill on uh, line three. All righty. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Pastor Barnett. Yes, go right ahead. Yes, I, I'd like to ask the uh, the young lady, Susie. Uh, touch, touch, yes, touch my heart, and uh, I'd like to contribute. Can you repeat those? The uh, website or opcare.org, yes, uh, like O, P as in Peter, C A R E.org. It's a shortcut for Operation Care. So it's opcare.org. And yes, you could contribute. And thank you so much. It's going to touch lives, what yes, you're giving. Uh, that's that's, that's O P C C A R E, yes, dot org. Okay. Opcare.org. Uh, God bless you both. Thank you so much. God bless Pastor Barnett for having you on. Yes, thank you. All right, Appreciate thank you. It. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you seem to have a, the type of personality that really touch people. That's one thing you have going for you. Well, you know how to touch people it's and like, not turn them off. 
No, I mean because to be good at a lot of things, you can have a good plan, but if you don't have the personality to carry it out, you'll destroy what you're doing. Uh, it's all about God, Pastor. I mean, I, I left my job. I was a supervisor at Baylor Hospital, uh, nurse supervisors, earning six-figure uh-huh. income. And the Lord told me after I founded the ministry, uh, years later, he said, quit your job. So I left my nursing supervisory mm-hmm. job. I was a nurse you 30 stepped out years. On faith. I stepped out on faith, not knowing whether I will even have a salary. And guess what? God took me personally to 11 countries, ministering to 28,000 children, giving away shoes and uh, telling the gospel, giving them food and clothes and connecting them to churches. And then last year, we uh, provided money, $365,000 in 46 countries so they could buy shoes. And also they could could hear the gospel. Uh, What is the greatest enemy to the poor in Dallas, Texas? I mean, to the homeless, when I say poor, to the homeless. What is their greatest enemy? Well, probably uh, lack of love. The lack of love? Yes. I think, I mean, remember, I hated the homeless. I could not even stand homeless people. Mm -hmm. But then see how God changed me. But it took a life of my husband for God to open my eyes to give me love for the homeless. And guess what happened? I left my job. I became a homeless person for one night in the streets of Dallas so I could experience what homelessness is. And that's when I really have opened, the Lord opened my eyes for the plight of the homeless that they, at night, they could not even sleep. They're fearful of their lives, you know, that somebody will kill them. That's what happened to me, that somebody will stab me. And But then God gave me that love in my heart for, to love them. That's why the Bible said, and the greatest of this is love. And mm-hmm. But then if you don't have love, you, you could not stand homeless people. You will become indifferent. You will not even look them in the eyes. Mm-hmm. When I was homeless on that day, when I chose to be homeless with some homeless teenagers, they protected me. People would not look me in the eyes. Like they would just pass by me like I was invisible. Well, why don't you look them in the eyes, ask them, uh, how can I pray for you? Or what's your name? I mean, connect with them and, mm-hmm. and ask God. Pray to the Lord to ask God to, to change your heart. For those who don't like the homeless, ask the Lord to change your heart. Because Why do God think, did it to me. I think people are so judgmental. They, they're out there because they got off on drugs. They're out there for yes. this various reason. But they missed the story of Lazarus. <laughs> the Bible never say why Lazarus was poor, but it was only emphasizing helping Lazarus. Uh, it, uh, we seem to miss a whole lot of things that uh, that we should be uh, really, really grasping and, and caring uh, in many ways. It seems like you got the true essence of it. You're not going back and being judgmental. No, I about why or how they got out there. Right, I mean, home situation. Well, when the Lord changed my heart, I completely turned around, 180 degrees. And the, mm-hmm. you're right, Pastor. I was so judgmental of them in the beginning. I told mm-hmm. myself, I said, I cannot stand homeless people. They're they smelly. I'm a nurse. I'm clean, and they're dirty, and they are uh, drug addicts and all that. Well, that's a, a false misconception. You could not say that to everyone because some of the homeless people that are in the streets did not like to be in the streets. They just became unfortunate. Either they lost their homes from a calamity 
calamity or fire or they did lost their jobs or they lost their marriage or or they're mentally ill or yes and some are probably really alcoholic or drug addicts yes mm-hmm. but who are we to judge the yeah. bible said uh, judge not uh, that's in the bible we should not judge only god is the judge mm-hmm. what we need to do is to be understanding and put yourself in that position How about if it's you? You should be grateful that you're the one giving to the poor and you are not the one receiving it, right? right. So uh, we need to be have a spirit of gratefulness all the time. Yes. All right. We're up against a short break and you can reach us at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we are back. We are back. We are back. Uh, Dean, uh, Christmas. Uh, in other words, you have to work year-round. It's a full-time job in order to pull this off each Christmas, right? Yes, and Pastor, we only... Uh, we don't only do Christmas event. We have a monthly distribution in our warehouse to about 44 partners in the ministry. So we gave away food, clothing, shoes, toys, um, also school supplies, books mm-hmm. to uh, our partners. And that's a monthly deal. Plus, we also support uh, in the past, before this pandemic, we used to go outside Dallas to help uh, homeless and poor children in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So Dallas is the lighthouse of uh, kindness and generosity. It is uh, is the epicenter of kindness and generosity. And Mm -hmm. God gave me a vision, Pastor, that this birthday party for Jesus at the Dallas Convention Center that we are doing for 18 years will go all over the world. And it happened last year in the global pandemic we funded as what i said we funded 46 countries that was really god who gave us the funding 46 countries so they could buy shoes and also uh the gospel will be presented to the people and the goal for this ministry is that next year 2022 this birthday party for jesus will be all over the world 200 countries and 50 states and we will we are going to raise money with God's help to give away 10,000 per state and 10,000 per country. So that's $2 million we need to raise next year for different parts of the world and then also 500,000 for the states. Now, who's out there? Who's on the streets? Who doesn't have a home? Uh, Is there certain ethnic groups, a larger number than others, a smaller number? Who's out there? Well, there's a lot of, especially in our, actually in the impoverished area of our event, it's usually a lot of Hispanic uh, people are, are Hispanic poor. People? Yes, in the poor, in the children's that area. That used to didn't be. Yes, so then right now they, they are the most number, uh, the ethnic group that uh, are in our event. I'm surprised because I remember going back, see, homelessness really got started here in Dallas. Uh in large numbers in the 80s. And most of the people on the streets at that time were white people. Mm. Then a large number of blacks got, mm-hmm. came out. And uh, Hispanics looked like, seemingly 
took care of their own people. They, you, well, didn't, you didn't see many Hispanics after then. Yeah, well, I'm talking about impoverished children, men and children families. So meaning they are not homeless, but they are mm-hmm. very, very, very poor. So they are the ones that has the uh, most number of people that come to our event at the family side. But in the adult side, we have a lot, mostly a lot of South African-American uh, um homeless guests that come and of course we have also some white and and once in a while you could see Asian but with regards to the children's area the impoverished area it's the Hispanics that are the most You surprised me on that one. I'm surprised that uh, that one, I guess. Mm-hmm. All populations will go through their trials and tribulations. Uh, and everybody, no one can be just taken for granted that they're doing well. No, and uh, we serve all kinds of races, okay? Mm-hmm. Color, creed, religion. We serve black, white. Hey, my, I must, my husband, my late husband used to say before, he said, oh, we need to be kind. Whatever color, red, black, white, polka dot, yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so to me, there is no, res- we have, there is no respect of a person. We love everyone. Mm-hmm. We would serve anybody that would come to us. And even for those who even would come and they are not really homeless and they will go in the homeless side and will mm-hmm. fall in line. Hey, when they get to the convention center, if they fall in line for long hours, we will give them what we have. We Because who knows, they might know Jesus inside convention center. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line of this event is to mm-hmm. share the love of God so people will know how to love and then they could share it to another one too. They could love another person. That's what God did to me. He saved me and then he changed me. Yeah. Because you weren't too in love when, when they were eating your food up, huh? Yes. <laughs> it was a different story. <laughs> yeah, so out of brokenness, see? Out of brokenness, God birthed a ministry. So there is hope for all those broken people. We, we need to be probably, we need to be broken for God to fix us. And so we just have to trust God always that he said in the Bible, I will mm-hmm. never leave you nor forsake you. And he will always be with you. And that's what happened to me. I became a widow, a very tragic death, one month dead body, finding my husband. That was, that was so sad. I felt like the whole world came into my shoulder and the Lord, but the Lord carried me up mm-hmm. to this time. And look what he's doing now. He's, we're changing the world and the vision is that Dallas Fort Worth will become the lighthouse of the world and that we will lead the world in kindness and generosity. We will be the epicenter of kindness and generosity. So I'm calling out there all Dallas folks, hey, do something, act on your, act on your belief, just do something this week, Try do something good, act of kindness. Why don't you uh, buy somebody a cup of coffee or give a homeless a gift card of $5 or give food to them along the way or uh, probably pay the grocery of a very poor person in front of you in the grocery store. So we're starting this movement, Pastor. It's called Operation Care International, A Million Acts of Kindness. Mm -hmm. So by next year, 2022, Mm -hmm. the whole world, 200 countries and 50 states will do this birthday party and then hopefully by that time we could reach a, a million letters, a million stories of doing acts of kindness. And well, it's starting in Dallas, Texas right now. Yeah. Well, this is so wonderful because when we do Christmas and we give gifts to people who already have, we actually celebrate Christmas wrong because 
the uh, wise men, now Jesus was two years old when the wise men came and brought gifts, but the gifts were for Jesus. Not for, they didn't exchange gifts among themselves. <laughs> yeah. And see, this is the way to do it right. Yes. Give gifts to those who are needy. Yes. And uh, we, we, we love to say, well, we had a great Christmas because uh, I got a Mercedes Benz and, uh, you know, something like we We, we do things so wrong. We, 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 we've gotten caught up and, and, and changed and Christmas lights and all of that. Uh, we, we do things just, just, just uh, so bad. The, the, the lights, that's, that's celebrating the birthday of Nimrod. Yes. You know who Nimrod was in the Bible? He was a great hunter, great earth leader. He was the first great the man that the Bible even calls him great. And his birthday was December 25th. See, Jesus was not born December 25th. We know that. He was probably April 1st. But, uh, and uh, he, they would put lights over, lanterns over his grave. Uh, as a celebration. That's why the Bible was teaching us Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. Not not these lights we put That's up. right. Yes. So, yep. So we need to do good. I mean, uh, just do something good for the needy and the poor. So we ask you to act on that. Come to our event or volunteer and mm -hmm. give and pray at opcare.org give to uh, the homeless and uh, love gifts so we could uh, make this party a big celebration, a mm -hmm. very successful celebration in honoring our homeless and the poor of the city of Dallas. And we want to show the world how we celebrate, how we celebrate Jesus and how we help the and poor and the homeless in this city. Mm -hmm. And you're really giving the gifts to Jesus. Amen, that's what when I you, do. When you, give them, when you give to those in need. You, this is how you give gifts to Jesus. This is a, a, a great program. Is there a number people can call you by? Yes. Uh, what is the number? 972-681-3567. Uh, that, that's our office number, and we are there at 10 o'clock in the morning till 6.30 in the evening. And also, I would like to ask our listeners, please help me ask this Call the city of Dallas about free tables and chairs for us. So if a lot of you will call the city of Dallas, tell them, hey, tell the mayor to give Operation Care a free tables and chairs because that's about $30,000 for, uh, for us, you know, to help us so we could buy more sleeping bags and blankets and coats and toys and we could buy food for our homeless guests next week on Saturday. You give away new stuff, huh? Everything new, yes. New shoes, new coats, new sleeping bags, new blankets, new toys. We also have eyeglasses for those that could not see. Mm -hmm. And we have amazing story of people that were helped. We have uh, a lady that came to us one day and she was homeless. And mm -hmm. when she got to our event, she found love. She found hope inside that because the volunteers just loved on her, took her to the uh, foot washing. And then she she had uh, hair, her hair her was done because we had haircuts and makeover. And she found love inside that. And then she found hope. And you know what happened to her? Uh -huh. she after that, 
she got out of homelessness. She got an apartment. She bought a car. She got a job, of course. And then now she has her own uh, baking business. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. See how she's been blessed? And y'all helped pull her up. You pulled her up. Well, we have also the story of Leon. I mean, Leon Holman. You know Leon. Yeah, Leon uh, is a success story. It's a success story. Yeah. Leon came to us also and uh, for a few years and found love there. And he was given what things she, he needs. And then after that, got out of homelessness. Now Leon is going into a PhD of IT, it's unbelievable. He will become Dr. Yeah. Leon later on. He's, he's, there is he's, hope. He's got what? What, got, <laughs> what is Leon doing? He's, he was accepted in a PhD school for IT. PhD? Leon? All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unbelievable, but true. Hey, I mean, there is hope there. Why, why don't you just go do something good today and mm -hmm. then pray to God that that act of kindness will multiply and it would touch a life and it would change a life, just like what happened to Leon, to Con Connie, our other friend. And, um, oh, Pastor, I have another amazing story. Uh, this Tuesday, oh, this is a great story. This Tuesday, I wanna invite people to come to our event this Tuesday. Before our event on, Sunday, on Saturday next week, we have an amazing thing we're gonna do on Tuesday. We're going to give an SUV to, a, um, in a way, a single mother with nine children. Her children mm -hmm. are ages 14 to one year old. Her mm -hmm. story was in 2019, her house burned down. It exploded from the stove that malfunctioned. Mm -hmm. She was able to save all her children out of the house. Then in the pandemic last year, she got pregnant. And then after she got pregnant, six weeks later, the husband told her, I cannot take it anymore. I'm, I'm going to leave you. So the husband left. So the woman became homeless, was in the different shelters, and then ended up in the garage of her sister. So I met her because she came to our event in the past. And then I asked her, what's your biggest need? And mm -hmm. then she told me in Thanksgiving Day, she said transportation. And guess what? I I emailed my friend. I said, could you please help the single mother of nine children? Uh, she, she lives in one bedroom with nine children. And I said, could you help her buy her a, a car? Pastor, did you know what happened? In one hour after my friend read the email that I emailed her asking for a car, a transportation, mm -hmm. she went to Toyota Rockwall and bought an SUV worth $29,000 and wow. paid it cash. Mm -hmm. So this Tuesday at 1 p.m., we're giving away this uh, SUV to this lady and I think Channel 4, Channel 5, and Channel 8, they're all interested in the story. And also, uh, Good Morning America is also interested in the story, for this story. So it's gonna happen okay. this that's Tuesday. Wonderful. That's an act of kindness that will be the beginning on going towards our birthday party for Jesus on Saturday. Right. So I invite you to come, 8330 LBJ. That's our office. And on, at one o'clock, we're gonna give this car away to this woman with nine children and you will see her nine children as well. All right, that's fantastic. That's a fan. This is a fantastic program that you have, and uh, we wish you well. And uh, we just hope and pray that you'll continue in your work and continue to even grow larger and larger and larger. And hopefully, one day we can rid the world of poverty. We got we got a big job before us. 
All right. The website uh, is uh, opcare.org. O p c a r e dot org. Mm-hmm. And uh, then please call the city of Dallas. Tell uh, them to give us a free tables and chairs this Saturday, so we could uh, help. Are they cooperating the poor. well? Uh, what about? Yes. Uh, you talk with city council members, and I, I did in front of them the whole. City so council with council. the mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke to them did, and I asked for help. they make a help. commitment to uh, do something for you? Well, they did give us a discount in the convention center rental. Right. But we need the tables and chairs to be free because they gave it to us for free in the past with the help of Leon. He went to the city mayor's office and asked the mayor's office uh, together with a friend, Bruce. They gave it to you yes. for a price? Yeah, it's $30,000 free. They gave it to us in the past. Free. Tables and chairs, rental. I'm talking about, uh, how, what about the convention center? They gave us a big discount this year. A discount? Yes. But they didn't give it to you? No, they didn't give it to us for free. Well, I don't know about that. Because they gave the, the, the convention center for free to those kids who were coming in down at the border. You know, when they were bringing them buses, they bus loads of them in. They gave it away for free. And they wouldn't give you one for they wouldn't give it to you for free and you're doing something like this? Eighteen years. My God. And uh, I am a widow. Know, I need help. You know. Well, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you you should be able to see charity begins at home and then spread abroad. Uh these people, most people you are serving, live here in the United States. And yes. Some of them are veterans. Mm-hmm. Some have been in wars. Yes. And they should have really given you that, uh, the convention center, for free. It should have been, it should have gone free. Because I saw buses lined up and mm. people, people about a, a hundreds or thousands look like were getting off the buses and, and they gave it to them for free. Which they should have. But this definitely should have gone for free. Well, um, we are grateful for whatever they can give us. And in the past, as what I said, they, they did give us a free tables and chairs. So this time we're asking for the same tables and chairs because mm-hmm. uh, at least they gave us a, a big, big, very, very big discount. And we are grateful yeah. for everything, anything that they could give us. So for the well, listeners, that's good. That's good. for the listeners, yeah. uh, you could help us. Go to our website, opcare.org, and donate. Uh, for $50, you could adopt a homeless. You could provide for a homeless person. And we are expecting, and we are preparing pastors. Did, did the mayor help you any? Did the mayor? Well, that's what we're waiting for. Uh, they're gonna give us a proclamation later, letter, and we gave them a letter. Well, now they can't eat a proclamation. I, I mean, did so, they give you anything? You know, uh, no. Uh, that's what we're asking them right now is the free tables and chairs, and uh, we're asking them also to come. That's uh, so what I said. They gave us a, about eighty thousand dollar discount. Uh, on the convention center. All right. So okay. that's what they gave us. Thank you. We're completely out of time. We thank you, and we thank you for being a part of us, and we thank you for coming on the program. And you have a wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Merry day. Christmas, everyone. All righty. Thank you. God bless. All right. Coming up, we're getting ready for our number two. Coming, the barrister himself will be with us in just a few moments. We'll be right back. Like he said he would. Yeah. 
9.3 FM in Dallas and Fort Worth, the voice of the. All right, we'd like to say welcome to our number two of Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. And uh, tomorrow morning, 9.30, every Sunday morning, 9.30, listen to us on Marion Barnett Sr. Uh, Facebook. By Heavenly Joy Church, we are there every Sunday morning, 9.30, 9.30. Marianne Barnett Sr. on Facebook. We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. But right now, we'd like to turn aside and welcome to our KNON hotline, Attorney Malcolm Robinson. Good morning, the barrister himself. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Fine. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing fine. That's Hang good. In there. That, that's good. That's good. That's good. How about yourself? Uh, well, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's just that uh, we could just, you know, I see us fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And it seems our, our wars are going in circles. It was going. We're fighting just as hard now uh, for the right to to vote as we did uh, over 50 years ago, some 55, 56 years ago, uh, where, like we had to fight back then. And then people are not taking advantage of a system that we have now. We have a legal system now that do have African Americans in there to represent us, but we seem to still not go to y'all and take advantage of the, this system that we have, where y'all could help us. And uh, do you see us really participating as much as we should in taking advantage of some legal situations we might be into? Well, let me let me just say this, uh, Reverend Barnett. And when I look at the legal system, I look at basically two systems. Mm-hmm. One is the criminal uh, law system, and the other is the civil law. In the mm-hmm. criminal law, we are forced to participate uh, in the criminal law system. We mm-hmm. don't take advantage of it, but we are forced to participate. In mm-hmm. the civil law system, we are not forced to participate. But in my opinion, the civil law system is more important to, to African Americans and the uh, development of the African American community than the criminal law system. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, no, we don't participate like we should. 
Uh, that's on all of our, uh, all of us are responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us in the legal profession, you know, our numbers have grown significantly uh, yes, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we have to uh, take a more active uh, part. Uh, and we do take an active part. I, I, I assure you that we are more active now than we ever have been. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, where attorneys like Lee Merritt and Ben Crump and, and some others, you know, uh, they help us to participate in the civil law system as well as the criminal law system. Mm-hmm. And so I see, I see the future, I see it as being bright, uh, but we have to continue to work every, every day. Mm-hmm. Because racism, we don't have any choice in mm-hmm. our battle regarding racism. And I think sometimes people other than African Americans don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes African Americans don't want to accept the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. But we, we, you know, when people say, you, you, you play in the race car, that's the only card we got. <laughs> we don't have any other card. Is that <laughs> some, some, some kind of reverse psychology that you use on us? To say we're playing the race card? And, yeah, yeah. And, and the whole deck is a race card. That's all we us. got. Yes. We born. Mm-hmm. So we have to play the race card to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to... You, you, you the preacher. I'm not the preacher, but I don't want to start preaching here. Well, go right ahead. Go right ahead. We welcome you. Well, well I mean, your, your, your opening monologue when you talked about, and I, I congratulate South Oak Cliff in making the, uh, the uh, state championship, but your open monologue was right on point in terms mm-hmm. of clarifying, identifying racism that we have to deal with every day. Yeah, and see these things they they feed us this junk and too many too often we miss the deep rooted racism in what they're doing and saying. Exactly. To say Dallas Independent School District hadn't won a state championship since nineteen fifty. They're talking about Sunset High School on that one. Hmm. Uh that's a lie. That's a lie. How many years you been here? I've been here since '79, and well, and, you, you, well, you know that's a lie. Uh, well, and, and I must say that you know, with my uh, other law partner, we were we were the attorneys that were fighting for the community in the Carter situation. Yeah, when we used to uh, put money in hats exactly. to buy to get lawyers, so Carter win this week. We got to go to court in order to keep them playing. The next Every week. week. Yeah. Every week. We get down in court in Austin. Yeah. And when they offered that title to uh, Converse Judson, said, no, nah, they they had a, uh illegal player on the bench and rode on the bus with them over to Grand Prairie. And the man told him, no, Carter was the greatest team in the state of Texas. And he, no in fact, he told him it was the best Haskell team you'd ever saw. And uh, he turned it down and said, give it to Carter. Right. They don't tell that part. And that whole situation was was primarily based upon racism itself. It was, because it was a white teacher that turned him in. They, they said that he, uh, Freddie, Coach Freddie James, uh, turned 
uh, let that, that that boy suit up. <laughs> That's all he did. Let him suit up. The guy the guy was not a good player to begin with. He had no effect on the game. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, when you know, when we talk about, and that's why when we talk about critical race theory, we're talking about facts. Mm-hmm. All yeah. you're doing, all you're doing is laying out what the facts and the law is. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, you, uh, no one has to listen to anyone. Just read the facts and read the law. Mm-hmm. And the racism and all this is, is there. It's there. You can't mm-hmm. help with this. I mean, yeah. I don't see how anybody could think there's anything other than that. Yeah. Anyway. And see, 79, they had, in 76, well, we had switched over in the late 80s, around 68, 69, over from the Prairie View League to the uh, UIL, the University of Texas League. Right. Now, we were separated because of racism. Right. Okay? But they don't count the state championship that Booker T. Washington won in 58, which was with the Prairie View League. They, they, in other words, the media tell you that don't count. Right. Well, an all-black league, that don't count. That's nothing but pure de-racism when they say this. Mm-hmm. And this exactly. teased me off. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, people, I mean, people have to be willing to uh, open their minds, read, and, and and just look at the facts. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. I mean, the, the whole situation about mm-hmm. Prairie View League is comes as a result, pretty much of separate but equal under Plessy versus Ferguson. Yes. When 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 they tried to keep the African Americans segregated from yeah. everyone else yeah. in, in certain areas, they mm-hmm. created separate systems. Mm-hmm. They and, did. And the education system in, te- in Texas, as I understand it was divided up in the three areas. Mm-hmm. UT, Texas A&M, and Prairie View A&M. And the money was supposed to be split up equally. Mm. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> I bet you, I, I bet you sure got the lot of, how much of that equal money did you get? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a yeah. whole situation with the separate but equal. It, it was separate, but it was nowhere mm. was it intended to be equal. No, because they would give Prairie View a few pennies and send millions to Texas A&M. Exactly. You see, it's it's never been equal. And see, by them seeing these things, to me, see, I I was old enough and I'm old enough to remember when all this was happening. It stirs me up. It angers me because there was bigoted racism back then. And by them going back and repeating this mess, talking about what has not happened, well, it was because of racism, but they don't tell that part. And they shoot, they shoot that mess right past our people. And we got people going around believing the lies that Channel 4, 5, 8, 11, all of them telling. They're telling that lie. Telling, tell, telling they lie. But mm-hmm. see, the thing is, with critical race theory, you know, it requires you to actually review the facts mm-hmm. as they are. Yeah. And you can't help but to see the racism because it, it was cre- the facts were created mm-hmm. as a result of racism and the benefit certain categories of people over certain other categories based upon race and color. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's the way the situation is. So, I mean. Uh, you know, I was astonished, like you were, uh, when I listened to the, 
the news and the sports, and I listen to they go back to 1958 about state title. I say, wait a minute, they don't even mention about the, the 88 Carter situation. I mean, they have dead just buried that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, they, they, that. That that's nothing. They don't even mention that. And and when Carter won the state, there was no div, there was no dividing in the particular uh, classes. Right. Yeah, I think the highest he went then was what five A. But every five A school in Texas was in the same mm. class. There was no little five A and big five A. No. So when they won the state championship. I mean, they were the champs of the entire state. They beat everybody. They, they beat everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, you know, <clears throat> racism will not die as long as people remain ignorant to the history. So that critical race theory is something that's needed more now than ever. And then that was, that's correct. That's mm-hmm. exactly, and, that, and that's a good example of that because that whole situation with football in the state of Texas, I mean, you don't have to, do, in order to study critical race theory, you just study the the evolution, development of football in the state of Texas, and it, it lays it all out. It's laid out in Texas. It's laid, laid out. Oh, yes, it's laid out. And many of the guys that came from the Prairie League were some of the big superstars in the NFL. College football, NFL, everything, but they said that 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 didn't count. No. What in the world could they be talking about? Hey, that's right. When some of the greatest athletes uh, ever played played right. in the Prairie View League and everything, and we had state champions in different divisions, like just like anybody else. This was just something. Utterly ridiculous. I mean, I mean, and, and I'll say, say this last statement about the the uh, football situation. Mm-hmm. The thing that uh, the facts were this: that at the time that Carter was was playing, they put Carter in the same district with Duncanville and Grand Prairie. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, Duncanville and Grand Prairie was primarily white. Right. And they didn't want to be in the district with with Carter or Kimball, which they got they, they got they got caught out of there. <laughs> they changed they changed that and put all just about made it an all DISD right. district. And, and yeah. remember, DISD had their first African American uh, superintendent, and that was Marvin Edwards. He was superintendent during the during the Carter uh, situation. Yeah, and and, and there was opposition against that. Mm-hmm. Well, see uh, the coach. Uh, Carter and I are good friends. Uh, Coach Freddie James, he and I are good friends. We talk. I might, I might bring him on next week, and uh, we talk all the time. Right. And uh, he talk about how he knows, he knew, he could not win a close game with a a white school. So this is why he had to fire his boys up and tell them to beat the you-know-what out of them right. to make sure they get the victory. <laughs> he, he talks about it. That's, and that's correct. Yeah, because it's the game, see, really, and I talked about other schools, South Oak Cliff. Now, this team South Oak Cliff got now, this is not nearly the greatest team they ever had. Right. The greatest team, they had some teams in uh, 68, 70, 
1972. Uh, and uh, they got cheated out of a game in Lubbock, Texas. They were playing Odessa Premium. And they, they called, if I remember right, it was about five touchdowns of, of, of sock. They called back and called what? back a lot along. Yeah. They just flat took the game from South Oak Cliff and gave it to Odessa. Oh, yeah. See, I mean, they would have been state champs that year. There were, there were several years they should have made it, but they got cheated out of the game. The, the media not going to tell you about that. Mm. Well, I, I like to take this opportunity to congratulate uh, for the Sox, mm-hmm. uh, high school, the football, and the community for uh, where they have achieved success up to this point, and I will be supporting wishing them to achieve success next week. Yes, yes. Well. Now, this team in Houston... They're probably going to meet this team in Houston. That's that, that. This will be their toughest game oh, that they're playing in the playoffs. This, that's a, I saw the team. It's a very good team. This is a very good team. It's called Liberty or something like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess, about an hour's drive north of Houston there. Oh, okay. uh, uh, that's a very good football team. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we'll see what's going to happen. Well, yeah, we're going to see. But now, in the legal system, we got things now uh, that's happening with uh, these COVID deaths that really people are passing and passing every day. But they're not leaving any wheels. Uh, any, you know, last testament or anything about that. Uh, how are these things going right now? What's going on? Well, what's happening, and I, I say this all the time, and I was going to keep saying it. People, when you're, you're living, you have assets, and specifically as it relates to real property. If you feel you, are, you own or you have control of, of an asset, such as real property, you have to get a current copy of the deed to your property and make sure that your name is on that deed. I'll tell you what, Attorney Robinson, could you hold up for just one second? I'm up against a short break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? All right, we are back. We are back. We on with Attorney Malcolm Robinson. Attorney Robinson, uh, uh, we uh, cut off. We were speaking on. Let me see. What, uh, let me go ahead to my notes. What were we speaking on here? Uh, uh, real property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it right here. Okay, go right ahead. Uh-huh. Okay, and. and I say this almost every week, but I'm going to continue to say it so people make sure that they get support. The, the, the foundation of wealth in this in the United States is land. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you feel you have ownership or interest in any real property, then in order to confirm and verify that, you need to obtain a current copy of your deed. The deed, the, the name that on the deed is the person or persons who have 
title and interest in real property. And they are the only ones uh-huh. that can decide to control that real property. And that's the basis of your wealth. You get a copy of the uh, current copy of your deed from the county clerk or the deed of record in the county where the real property is located. Mm-hmm. So you need to go and get a current copy. Now, I'll say current copy is what I'm saying is some people say, well, I got a copy. And, you know, back in 1950, you have to go down to the county clerk's office and get a current copy to make sure that that deed is still accurate and it hasn't been anyone else that tried to to uh, interfere with your with your uh, uh, right to uh, title and, and interest in the land. Mm-hmm. And if you get a copy of that and it doesn't have your name, when I say your name, mm-hmm. I mean like if mine has to have Malcolm Robinson's name. It can't have Malcolm Robinson's mama and daddy and, and granddaddy and all that. Mm-hmm. It has to have Malcolm Robinson's name mm-hmm. on the deed to any property that I feel that I own mm-hmm. or that I, I have title or interest in. That's, a, that's fundamental, mandatory. So if your name is not on the deed, you don't really own the property. You don't have title or interest in that property. That's correct. Now, even though your grandmother may be on there and you may say, well, she left it to me and all that I've been staying in the house for all these years, that is not relevant. And you can lose your your property if your name is not on the deed. That's important that people know that. that that's that's even in... You know, inheritance. You can use, lose your inheritance uh, by not having your name on the deed. You can use your claim for inheritance if you do not have your name on the deed uh, uh, to the property. You don't inherit the property unless your name is on the deed. You may have a claim for inheritance because that's your mother, that's your grandmother, and they, they died and, and you just been living in the house. You don't have good legal title mm-hmm. in that property unless your name is on that deed. And if you find out that your name is not on the deed, that's when you need to consult with an attorney to find out what needs to occur in order for your name, if you are entitled to inherit that property, to be placed on that deed, the current copy of that deed. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to take the necessary steps to make sure that if you are entitled for your name to be on the deed so you can inherit the property, that you take the steps to make sure that that occurs. Now, let me say this. Uh, people who, if their parents died or grandparents or whoever, they did not have a will and they did not transfer the deed or anything like that, then you have to do that uh, by going through probate court. Probate court is not inexpensive. There's cost to it. Mm-hmm. But you need to consult with an attorney to make sure that you you know the direction you need to take in order to put that property legally into your name. Well, now, do, do the court ever change or take someone's name off and put another's name on? Uh, what kind of, to have that done... What kind? What what kind of? What do you need to have something like that done? That 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 can only be done from a legal standpoint by either uh, going through probate court, uh, where the probate court 
if you're talking about somebody's property who has died, you have to go and get what is called a declaration of airship. And the court will determine that the property is in the deceased person's name, and the court will determine that you or and or your siblings are entitled to be heirs to that person. And if that is in fact the case, and you satisfy all the other requirements, then the probate court will declare you to be the, the heir of the deceased person, and therefore you're entitled to transfer that deed from the deceased person's name over into your name or, or, or over into the name whoever the court determines is entitled to it. The court will issue a legal order. And that's when you do that. That's important. Well, you know, it's it's a whole lot of that going on, seem like, right now. People are disagreeing over who should have the property because uh, mama, daddy, grandma, somebody, grandpa, uh, left, was so-and-so closer to grandpa and lived with grandpa, all this and all different things like that. Uh, it seemed to it just seemed like a whole lot of that I tell you what we need to do uh, let's go to our phone lines okay let's go to our phone lines alright who do we have on air mm-hmm. so we have uh, Howard on uh, line 4 Howard yes alright good morning Howard good morning Pastor Bonnet how you doing fine how are you Good, good. Young uh, Attorney Robinson. Uh, yeah. Attorney Robinson. How you doing, Attorney Robinson? Fine, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I had called you on yesterday. Yes. You returned my call, but uh, I didn't catch your call, so I was just trying to call you this morning and see. Uh, you answered one of my questions with the uh, statement that you made about the deed situation. Uh, but one question I wanted to ask you also, too, is uh, at what point uh, before a mother, grandmother, uh, pass or so forth, is it good to go on right then at that moment, if possible, to have that transfer of the name or have that person's name who they want to leave the property to? Is it good that you go on and have that name put on the deed before the deceased? Before they pass? And, and what's your name again? Howard? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, got to call you, return your call yesterday. Yes. Uh, if you did, yes. I got your message. Okay. Yes, it, 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 that needs to be done before the person dies. So the, it, 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 if it's your mother or your father or whatever, your mother or your father would need to take the necessary steps to make sure that upon their death that they, they, their property is legally transferred into their child's name or, or their grandchild, whoever they want to, to have the property. Usually you do that through a, a will, uh, uh, doing the last will and testament, which you know a lot of our folks don't do, but it, that yeah. needs to be done to make sure that he's able to transfer that property upon their death over into the uh, whoever they want to have it. Now, in addition, uh, the state of Texas have brought on some new devices that I am trying to get my arms around, and I'm going to give a little synopsis to that probably in January uh, of certain certain instruments that you need to go to a lawyer uh, to get executed in which that can be done 
uh, without uh, a last will and testament, and that can be done uh, during the person's life that allows them to, their decedents or their heirs, to avoid probate. So uh, I'm saying there's uh, at least one additional instrument. So I'm trying to get my arms around that. I, I think that's a recent law that has been been uh, enacted, and and I should be have some idea about that in January. If, okay. if Red Barnett allows mm-hmm. to come on January and February. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we'll take a look at it. Okay. One, one, one other question. I won't hold you. Um, is it? Can I call you back today sometime, or, or do I need to call you Monday? Uh, Monday. Well, I mean, you okay, can call, call the day. You, you could call the day yeah. and leave leave your you know leave a message, and I'll make sure I get back to you uh, uh, on Monday. Okay, I mean, fine. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. One. One. One last question. I want to ask. Does what I'm asking about, does it, any time, I mean, anything that has to do with deed or transfer, do that vary from state to state? Because I'm talking about a Louisiana situation. It varies from state to state. Each state determines, uh, decides what their law is. If you talk about a Louisiana situation, the laws in the state of Louisiana are going to control it, not Texas. Okay. So the property okay. question of is in Louisiana. Then uh, exactly. Louisiana law is exactly. under control. Exactly. Of course, I, I understand. I understand that. Like, that's why I was trying to see does mm-hmm. the, the transferring of the of the name of the deed and the wheels and so forth. I was just trying to see does it vary from state to state? Because uh, I'm just really just trying to get some general information from you. Like I've been listening to you from time to time, and so uh, I just want to get the general information so I can know how to proceed from there. Well, it varies from state to state. And wherever the property is located, that's the state that's going to control. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Now I'll give you a call today, and if you call me back today, that's fine. If you call me Monday, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. All right. Thank you for your call. Thank you, sir. On the clear the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have next for you? We have a uh, councilman uh, Casey Thomas on the uh, line right. three. Councilman Thomas. Yes. All right. Good morning, Councilman. Good morning, Pastor Boy and Dad, Attorney Robinson. How are you doing this morning? Fine. How are you doing, sir? Mm-hmm. Doing great. Well, first, I want to congratulate uh, the South Oak Cliff High School, uh, Dr. Duff, and the principal over there, and uh, and the football coach over there, Coach Todd. Uh, 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 that's one I don't know if you know this. That's Dr. Todd, Frederick Todd's grandson. Did you know that? No. Is that Todd's yeah. grandson? Yeah, Jason Todd, the head coach over there, is Dr. Todd's grandson. That's yeah. Todd, my father, very good friend. Oh, good, good, good. Now, he yeah. used to be with Samples, didn't he? Wasn't he an assistant oh, out there at Skyline with him? Yeah. Yeah, he was with Samples, and then, and then he got this opportunity over at Saki. He's done a great job with it. So, And I also want to make it known, a lot of people don't know, that Sox leaves the district academically. When the district average came out, Sox was leading the district academically. So not only are they athletes, they're scholars as well. So Sox is doing a great job, and I commend Dr. Johnson for his leadership. A couple things I want to share with you. This week is a big week down at City Hall. Mm-hmm. On Monday, we're going to be receiving two reports. One is the workforce report 
uh, Bloomberg Foundation paid for a consultant for the city of Dallas to do a report and a study on workforce as relates to the effects of COVID-19. And that report is going to be presented Monday to the Workforce Education Equity Committee at 9 a.m. And then on Tuesday, the Housing Homeless Solutions Committee, I chair that committee, we're going to get the report of the racial equity audit that was done on our comprehensive housing policy. And so I'm doing a press conference, I'm hosting a press conference at 8.30 to talk about that report. Because you know, the city of Dallas has been very, very unfair when it comes to policy. Housing, uh, it relates to housing, relates to black people in particular. So we're going to be getting that report also Monday. The consultant who was hired to do a citywide racial equity plan, they're going to present their report as well. So a lot of work has been done around racial equity. That report is going to be produced on uh, on Monday, and then Tuesday is the racial equity audit. I'd love to come back on and talk about the results yeah. that uh report either sometime before the end of the year or the first of the year. Yeah. yeah. All righty, great. That's 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 wonderful. I tell I, you what, we up against this. Okay, go go right ahead. Who, uh, who is Coach Todd's uh, parents? I'm not sure who his parents are. I just okay. found out from the principal who his, who his grandfather was, but uh, okay. I never find that out. They're passing one that no. Next week, the championship game is is next week at AT and T Stadium at 11 a.m. Okay. Well, I, I know uh, one of uh, of uh, Frederick Todd's sons is a lawyer, so I was wondering whether he's the father. And the other is a doctor that I know. So, right. One of them two, I think, unless there's another son to win. Yeah, I don't know, but I can find out. I'll let Pastor Boyd that, though. Well, Dr. Todd was, a, he was a, a good, great academician, and he was interested in athletics. Charles, he and I sat together one night when he told me he was going to fire a certain coach because he threw the game. He felt like this coach threw the game because Sock ran a play and got 55 yards off it and didn't run it anymore. That he always, always, we always talk about that whenever we see each other. But I'm up against a short break, and uh, we'll be right back. You can reach us at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. For yourself or the upcoming holiday season on Amazon, 
You can support KNON by using Amazon Smile. Amazon Smile is a way Amazon shoppers support their favorite charitable organization every time they shop with Amazon. When you shop at smile.amazon.com, you will find the same Amazon you know with the added bonus that Amazon Smile will donate a portion of the eligible purchase to KNON. To sign up, to go go to smile.amazon.com, sign in with the same account you use for amazon.com and select KNON as your charity. Remember to always go to Amazon by using smile.amazon.com to generate donations for KNON. Stay up to date with everything KNON. Read information about the latest KNON benefits. Learn about new shows, new DJs, and more. All of these are available when you subscribe to the KNON newsletter. And you can do that at KNON.org. The KNON newsletter comes out once per week in your email box. Yeah, what's up? It's I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. All right, we're back. We're back on with Attorney Malcolm Robinson. Uh, uh, we are d- discussing the importance, uh, the deeds, and if, in other words, you're telling us in a nice way, if you don't have your name on the deeds, you, you really have no real standing, huh? None. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I remember when you on the very show we first did, you shocked everybody when you said, when you run down there and pay the taxes on the property, that doesn't give you any standing. You just helping the family and the and the state and city everybody out. That's all. You're spending your money. Spending your money on somebody else's property. Yes. So running down there and paying for it. Doesn't right down there and paying property taxes on on property that your name is not on the deed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you paying for somebody else's property tax. Mm-hmm. Well, now, what is the best situation? I know is to get uh, the property signed over to the individuals who you feel like it's going to be will to just get it done before the person passes, right? Well, you have basically two options, uh, Reverend Barnett. First option is is when you, you want the property to be transferred. Do you mm-hmm. want the property to go to the, the uh, a descendant uh, after you pass away, mm-hmm. or do you want the uh, property to go to the person before you pass away? Mm-hmm. After you pass away, the best way to do it is to do a last will and testament in which you designate who the beneficiaries are and who you want to have your property upon you dying. And then that then that will will have to be admitted to probate in order for that to occur. And the probate court would accept the will and then uh, determine uh, 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 transfer of the property into the name of the, per- of the beneficiaries in accordance with the terms and provisions of the will. Mm-hmm. The other way is transfer the property before you die or hire or interest in the property before you die. Mm-hmm. And you can do that through one, doing an outright deed where you deed it over to them. Another way is you can have the deed in joint tenancy 
in which you are a joint owner with the other person, mm -hmm. and that has a right of survivorship. And then uh, there are a couple of other little instruments that you may be able to do that and have the effect of it without going through probate. And that's what I'm going to get more information on, do more research on, because it's, uh, my understanding is, is a new uh, issue under the law. And I want to make sure that when I talk about it, I'm just going to summarize this, uh, what's available, either in January or February. I think in January, if I can get to it. And uh, uh, so, so people will be aware of that. And they, can, they need to contact an attorney and consult with an attorney and take a current copy of the deed to the property in question that they have to the attorney. And then the attorney will be able to advise them the direction and route they need to take in order to make sure that they have title interest in the property in question. Okay. Now, uh, when there's more than one child right. that might be uh, in the inheritance, they don't sort of, do, do people still follow that ad if I give it to the oldest boy, put it in his name, or no. the oldest child? Well, no, well, how, how does it you normally work now? They, well, they, they, they leave it to they leave it to either all their children, you know, unless there's a reason why uh, they uh, do not include one of the children. But they generally they leave it to all the children, and then it's up to the children to get together and and to accept the asset and determine as to what's going to happen to that asset. So. Well, but, but then there, there are some people who, who, for one reason or another, they want one child to have it, and uh, they may not want the other child to have it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and yeah. and, and, and they and they make that determination. Mm -hmm. but, they, but they are the ones that, whoever's name is on the deed is the one that has priority and legal title to, to, to determine where the property goes upon their, upon their death. What happened in the situation if one of them pass away? Uh, do their children get a part, take part, or uh, it goes to the, uh, just to the children that's left? Okay, when you say one of them, you're saying that uh, the person has more than one child? Yes, and, and one of the children pass away. You were going to leave it to all the children, but one of the children pass away. Do the property go to that person that passed away to his children? Or how did that work? Well, if, if 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 the person leaves the property in accordance with the will, the, they, the terms of the will, well, they can put in there what would happen in case one of the children predeceased them, and then then it could go to the whoever they they would designate. You know, generally speaking, the the grandchild who is a is a descendant. And a potential heir of the deceased could, could, could. I'm gonna say uh, with a big old uh, uh, clarification of that, might be able to to inherit their parents' interest in the property. But let me just say this: you must consult with an attorney. Now, when I say consult with an attorney, con consultation with an attorney means that you call the attorney. And you will discuss something on the phone. You make an appointment, and you carry in whatever documents the attorney says that, that he or she wants you to bring in. Mm -hmm. 
and and then you go over the scenarios and the attorney can give you different uh, aspects of it so you can make a decision which way you want to go. Do not do not go down and talk to somebody on the street. Do not try to only get legal advice from somebody that 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 that's not charging you for legal advice. You have to pay for legal advice to get the best legal advice and that you are protected through an attorney-client privilege relationship. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people understand that. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you get, you in America, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you have to go and pay a whole bunch of money to get to consult with an attorney, but you need to make sure you have an attorney-client relationship. And that can only be done if you retain the attorney for the consultation. That protects you. So you need to do that. And a lot of people try to avoid doing that and end up costing them later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's the best device that a person has in the civil legal system mm-hmm. is to be able to consult with an attorney regarding various issues that they come upon day to day, whether it's real estate, whether it's probate, or whatever the situation is. You consult with an attorney who is licensed in the state in the area where you have the question. That's what you need to do. Well, now, uh, so, in other words, people can lose out by not getting uh, the professional legal help that's needed. And uh, you suggest that in most cases? In all cases. When it comes, especially on... Well, you know, I don't do criminal law, but obviously criminal law you force mm-hmm. to. But on the civil side, most of that is optional. Mm-hmm. And the people who have the, in the greatest wealth or whatever consult with attorneys on a regular basis regarding everything that they do. Mm-hmm. The system is set up for that. Yeah. Okay? We have to learn, like you said, to take advantage of the system. We have to consult with attorney before we take certain actions on the civil side. Yeah. And when I say civil side, I mean anything that's not criminal. You consult with an attorney before you make a decision and take action. All that's right. the only way you're going to protect yourself. All right. I tell you what, let's take a call. Um, uh, who, who do we have here? Beverly is on uh, line four. Beverly. Who? Beverly, all righty. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning, you young men. How you doing this morning? Fine. How you doing? I'm I'm hanging in here. Mm-hmm. I, I need you to collaborate on one thing, and I'm, I'm going to get out because we don't talk about that too much. Quick claim deed. Uh, uh, Texas is in a lot of trouble because a lot of this property has been stolen through quick claim deeds, and quick claim deeds are not acknowledged in the state of Texas. I've been hanged up, and I want you to give me your house. Well, well thank you, Ms. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, I, 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 my, one of my intentions today was to talk about quick claim deeds, okay? And I'm going to say it this way, uh, because I wanted to also provide some more updated information. But if there's a quick claim deed involved anywhere in connection with your property, you need to immediately talk to an attorney. Because you you basically have no right 
I mean, uh, misguided is is correct. In Texas, you basically don't have anything. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so if, if you're relying on a quick claim deed to give you some rights, and you actually think that it, that it does, you need to immediately talk to an attorney so you can be clarified. Don't just accept what I say over the phone. You need to talk to an attorney so the attorney can brief you and let you know the that the quick claim deed has no effect and can advise you on another instrument that you might be able to use to, to get the same result or similar result. I won't say the same, similar. Okay? And that's very important. People are relying on quick claim deeds and, and that's a disaster. Can you, all right, just tell me, what is a, a quick claim deed? Well, basically, just generally under the law, it, 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 if, if Ren Barnett had a claim against Malcolm Robinson's property, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure that I cleared it up so I don't have a problem on my title to my property, then I would get you to, to, to execute a quick claim deed. And in essence, that would, you would say that you no longer have a claim against my property or the title of my property. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it, it was a device used to, to remove clouds on title mm-hmm. to real estate. That's basically. Oh, uh, that's what it is. Okay. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's try to get one more call in. All righty. Uh, we're going to our phone lines. Uh, can we bring a caller up? So we have uh, Valerie. Valerie on line four. All right. Good morning, Valerie. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. My my father passed away. Okay. He made his will out. Okay. And he and he, he took it. My mother took it to probate. Okay. So she passed away in September mm-hmm. of last year. Mm-hmm. And I had five siblings. Okay. My mother left her house. Our money in the bank and all this good stuff. Okay, the house, my sister, she left, she left it to all five of us. Mm-hmm. And my sister has, has went to have her name and my brother's name put on the house. Can she, can she do that? All right, that's going to Attorney Robinson now. Okay, did you, well. Did you hear I think I heard that that, that uh, her parents' property was supposedly left to all the siblings. Yes. One, but one of one or two of the siblings are trying to propose. So the first question would be, first question would be, how did the parents designate who the property is going to go to? Did they have a will or what? Or what happened? Okay, my mother did not. She she, she said, okay, my my father had the will. And he he wanted to left to all five of the kids. Does the will say that? Yes. Was the will admitted to probate? Yes. And, okay, if the will was admitted to probate, then the probate court issued an, an order in compliance with the terms and provisions of the will, so there should be a court order by the probate court in the county where the property is located, indicating who has title and interest in that property. 
okay. that's the case, and all, all siblings are on it, is one sibling that they don't have any legal right to, to control the other. Okay, and I got, okay, I have one more question. Uh, I, I, I tell you, I'd love to answer, have me answer your question, but I'm completely out of time. But uh, okay. call us back next week. Uh, Attorney Robinson, please give out your number. Okay, my number is 214-941-0717, extension 303. That's 214-941-0717, extension 303. That's the law firm of Robinson and Hoffman. All right. Uh, uh, Attorney Robinson, Merry Christmas. And, and, Same uh, to you. I'll see you. will be my first show in... Uh, 2022. All right. Yes, I appreciate see, it. See you, you there. See you then. Got to get out of here. Got to run. Coming next. Workers beat. And y'all stay tuned to all the great programming here on KNON. Good day. Uh, 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 uh,